Welcome friends to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. Three ways to beat approval addiction. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Someone Gets Me. I am here to talk to you about something that I see and hear and have experienced myself, and that is approval addiction. Approval addiction comes in so many different forms, so I'm going to cover parts of it and some stories about it, and and you can see how it applies to you. And if it applies to somebody you know, maybe share it with them, and they can have some information about ways to beat it, ways to get on the other side of being enslaved by the need to be approved. Um, Approval addiction is when we filter from the outside and script and act and think and be in a way that we think the others outside of us are going to be okay with, approve of. That creates a lot of inner discord, a lot of disharmony. It also creates a lot of repression and unresolved grief and anger. When um, people are young, when we're children, we try to get approval of the adults. And if the adults are maybe toxic or they're difficult or they're angry, knowingly or unknowingly, the child begins to kind of manipulate or manage the way they come into the world in order to be okay, perceived as okay. Well, that doesn't work as we get older and older and older because we are meant to come into the world as we mature and age and be who we're meant to be, let our inner mission, our inner light shine. So what I notice is that we go from being dependent as children, dependent on the outside world for our survival, and people jump right to independence, and then they stop there. Independence is when you know we're teenagers and we know everything there is to know about everything all the time, and nobody can tell us anything. Well, there's a step after that independence. And this is where most people are missing the point. It's called interdependence. So healthy, emotionally stable, inner locus of control, hopeful adults, we operate from interdependence, which means knowing what we have to offer, not offering it too quickly, and also being able to receive, where the art of reciprocity reigns supreme. That's interdependence, both with nature, with other people, with other beings. That's a healthy adult. Being stuck in independence, the acting out like a teenager, which we see all over the world right now, that's a person who's stuck in adolescence and is consciously or unconsciously refusing to grow up. Growing up means we release approval addiction and we begin to live our authentic, aligned life, aligned with the principles of the universe, of love, kindness, generosity. That's how we do it, interdependence. So when you're having approval addiction issues, which many people do, because we're taught that we have to be 
have everything approved. I'm wearing a sweatshirt. I don't have any makeup on. Usually I have on nice clothes and nice jewelry and all of that stuff. I am um, just came in here and decided to record this because does it really matter what I'm wearing? Really? You know, so I, there's a part of me that was like, well, you know, you, you want to look a certain way for your show. And yes, you want to be respectful and being addicted to the approval of others is an adolescent, immature, unenlightened way to live. And so I want to talk about ways to beat that because a lot of people are stuck in it and a lot of people are unknowingly in that mess because not everybody is going to understand you. I used to think that everybody was like me and they just were being either lazy or or hiding it or something like that. Like everybody was like me. And then I remember, I think I was in my mid twenties when I woke up and went, wait a second, nobody is like anybody, but our brain tells us we're all supposed to be alike. What a mess, right? Because it's not true. And I realized studying neuroscience that our brain is always telling stories and filling in the holes. So when we're younger or even as an adult, if something comes into our world that we don't understand or can't make sense of, our brain will tell a story about it even if it's not true, in order to fill in the holes. Then if we repeat that story over and over, we believe it to be true. It's called plausible truth, even if it's not true. So there was a a research study done a long time ago where, you know, they told all these adults that their mom told them that they didn't like um, peach yogurt. I think that's what it was, peach yogurt. And So they told, they had the mom tell these adults, you didn't like peach yogurt when you were a kid. And the the adult didn't remember one way or the other, like it's inconsequential, but the authority figure told them that. So then months later, when the subjects were re-interviewed, they were saying how they didn't like peach yogurt when they were a child, when it was a made up story by the mom much later, but they told it to themselves over and over enough where they believed it. So that's how come sometimes people who live in deception or the really good compulsive um, storyteller liar type people are so convincing because they have told the story to themselves over and over and over again, seeking approval from outside. And now they believe it. So what they've essentially done is turned themselves into a slave of whatever the popular opinion is. We see it a lot in in people of notoriety and politics and fame of different kinds in sports where they're chasing the notoriety of the others to the exclusion of their own soul, their own inner aligned guidance. And it creates anger. It creates lies and deception and all kinds of crazy behavior. It creates um, complicated grief. It creates actually disconnection. So approval addiction comes in so many forms. It also comes in the form of what the people in the recovery world call codependency, meaning I'm not going to be okay if you're not okay. And you'll hear it from a lot of mothers because mothers are trained that way. I'm not okay unless my kids are okay or my husband's okay or my family's okay. Well, that's not true. Your okayness comes from inside you. Yes, it affects you what happens with other people, of course. But your okayness has nothing to do with the other. And we're trained opposite of that. We're trained in an unhealthy manner because we can be controlled that way. 
So when we allow ourselves to be addicted to approval of whoever it is outside of us, we become their slave. So there's more kinds of slavery than you hear talked about in popular culture right now. And emotional slavery and mental slavery are wicked and they're deep and they're difficult because a lot of people want to say it's noble to be the martyr. It's noble to do everything for everyone else and I come last. And no, it's not. You know, when you're on an airplane, they say put the oxygen mask on yourself first. You can't help anyone else till you've helped yourself. There's truth in that. So what are we doing, right? Are we staying stuck in this addiction to being approved? Now, my definition of the word addiction is you can't get enough of you don't, what you don't want. So somebody who's addicted to substances or approval or fear or anger or grief or a certain pattern of behavior It means that it's not serving them and they know on some level it's not serving them. However, they're unable to get out of it. They can't get enough of that thing that hurts them. So many of the clients I have or even friends that are stuck in this approval addiction cycle, they don't want to be there, but they don't know any different because we're also living a culture that says, figure it out on your own. You're smart, figure it out on your own. Well, I'm here to tell you loud and clear that you can't solve a problem with the same thinking that created it. That's Albert Einstein. And as pack animals, we require input. We're the only animals that don't have a whole lot of instinct that need to be taught everything. So if you were never taught how to have an internal locus of control that serves your life, you need to find a teacher to teach you how to do that. You're not going to be able to learn it from your own inner world because it's not there. It is in the it's in that the common consciousness, but we need to learn it and we need to be taught it. It's not natural all the time. So, like I had to learn internal locus of control versus external locus of control. I had to learn it. And so I teach it. How do you tell the difference? And what do you do? I had to learn how to be being addicted to what everyone else thought. And live by my own principles. I had to learn how to do that because I was also raised in this society that told us to please everyone and look like the perfect person. Like I was raised to be the, you know, the oldest kid, the daughter who always looked perfect, who got good grades, who did this, who did that. And I was also an athlete. I raced sailboats and do all these things. And you had to go to college and you had to go to a good college, thus the University of Florida. And you have to keep going. And I have more degrees after this one because That's what good little girls do. That's what good people do. Well, sometimes as we get older, like in my case, I um, didn't follow all those rules I was taught. Uh, It caused a lot of pain at first because I didn't know what what was happening. But now it makes a whole lot more sense. So I realize that when we're addicted to the approval of the others, whatever it is, then we are oftentimes... Um, disconnecting ourselves or shoving down our own calling, our own inner gift that we bring to the world. So every one of us, in my belief, has a gift that we're here to bring to the world, whatever it is, whether it's a smile or kindness or generosity or a big invention or cool research findings or beautiful music or dance, right? It could be any of those things. We all have something 
And some of us have multiple things to bring to the world, right? So if we shove that stuff in the basement or we deny our own essence, then to me, that's like a kind of death, right? So when we turn over the power of our own sense of well-being to others based on approval, we are really, in, in effect, putting ourselves in prison. We are creating the jail that we're in, and it's no one else's fault. It's ours. We bought the information that we were sold when we were little. Now we're adults, and we can learn better. And as adults, we can teach our younger people better. That, uh, that being approved of by others isn't the be all end all. So I want you to ask yourself, how much time and energy do you spend pleasing other people? Like how much time really do you spend pleasing other people? That means putting them first in your thinking, right? Doing things only for them. It means making sure that they're happy, right? So people-pleasing and pleasing others is very, very different than saying, you know, I really love and care about you and I really want to freely offer this thing to you, cook you this meal or do this nice thing for you or hug you, right? There's a difference. People-pleasing, which is approval addiction, comes from a fear-based energetic motive. It's not necessarily feeling fear, but there's fear in there. And the fear is I'm not going to get what I want, or I'm going to lose what I have. So I'm going to please you so I can get my needs met. Now that's the unconscious part. And until we make it real and get honest with ourselves, we think we're doing something noble, but we're not when we're doing it from a people pleasing motive. A noble purpose would be, I love you enough and I love me enough to be in this space of generosity and love with you, whatever that looks like. Much different than I'm going to do this to make you happy. Now, it could be the same behavior, the motive, the intention, the connection within you is different when you're people-pleasing, approval addiction, or when you're acting from a space and a place of unconditional love. So it's not about giving love or receiving love. It is about being love. It's not about giving it or receiving it, though there is reciprocity in the human sense, but the true inner part comes from being that love and then deciding how to share and receive. Again, going within, spirituality, connecting to who you are, your essence, and then choosing the binding. Going in and, and connecting to your own inherent love energy and then choose how you express it, not the other way around. Your innermost life force is your, guarding, is your guiding light, right? That inner force of you, that energy, some people call it intuition, our gut, um, our heart, um, our calling, all of those words refer to that feeling within when we're aligned in our, in our body, our spirit, our emotions, our heart, all of us are lined up and it's always trying to emerge. Your gifts that you're bringing to the world are always trying to emerge. So any depression, anxiety, distraction, all of those things are you are a part of you Addicted to approval, denying your essence. And so it creates depression. 
or anxiety because this is it's like this energy is trying to emerge this part of your being is trying to emerge and you're you're stopping it knowingly or unknowingly and a lot of times it's unknowingly until somebody comes into your life to help you see it to help you see the blind spot we don't know we're not always doing it on purpose in fact most of the time we're not we just don't know any better so here are the three ways that you can beat this or you can work with yourself on it um And there's lots of nuance to it. There's lots of different pieces to it. So what I'm here to say is, if you have any questions, check out my discovery call and I'll spend 30 minutes helping answer your questions or email me something. Reach out if you have any questions or you're wondering how it applies to you or someone else or what to do next. Because my my inner thing is about serving and inspiring and educating people. And if you don't say something, I don't know, so I can't help you, right? Or I can't say, well, here's a good question to ask yourself. So the first way that you want to beat approval is to remind yourself that you're the one in charge, not somebody else, that you're the one in charge and you don't need anyone else's approval. And sometimes it takes having a mantra Sometimes it takes having what I call the frame, a little post-it note and little messages all over the place that remind you who's in charge. You're in charge of your life. How you live it, how you're aligned, what you think, say, and do is 100% on you. Now, you might have learned information from our culture and the world that doesn't serve you today. You might have learned that. And it's your responsibility to learn something different. It doesn't mean you were wrong or they were wrong necessarily. It means you've outgrown it. So in reminding ourselves that we're in charge, we want to stay out of this judgment game of making everything right, wrong, good, or bad. The higher way to do it, the more aligned way to do it is go, huh, this doesn't serve me in the same way it used to, or it doesn't serve me at all. I don't know why I started it. What is it that I can do differently? Or how can I think differently? Or what can I say differently that now aligns with who I am today, this moment, this day? Because all of us are changing. The world is constantly expanding. There's always more. So just because you believed it last week, last year, or when you were a kid doesn't make it true today. Wayne Dyer had a, had a, um, a statement that he said in one of his movies um, that really stuck with me. And a lot of people don't, you know, just how something resonates. And a lot of people didn't notice it, but it hit me. He said, what was true in the morning of your life may prove to be untrue by the evening of your life. And he was talking about as we grow, things change. Our understanding of what's true and what isn't changes. And I totally agree with it. But I think it's even sometimes what you believed last week. You might have had a belief about approval addiction and something I could say in this podcast rings true with you in a way where there's like that aha or epiphany moment and things are now different for you. It can be that simple and it can be or long-term, there's all kinds of ways. That's the beauty of life. So you want to follow your inner vision. Years ago, my, um, I had a company and it was named Interview Center um, for the interview. Like, what's your inner vision? I kind of imagine it like this beautiful little fire. And so are we stoking the fire and putting oxygen on it and have it be a big flame and in light, like as if we were a lighthouse or are we dimming it down and it's just like a pilot light? Where is your flame? with what's true for your heart. 
Because I think the sad thing is so many people get caught in an approval addiction that they compromise what's true for them and what their heart really wants to do, partly because they're afraid they can never get there or they're afraid it won't ever happen. And therefore, they never try. They never go after it. So my answer to that is, if it's in your heart, it's meant to be. And sometimes it doesn't look like what your limited ego brain thinks it's going to look like. That's okay. But the essence of what keeps nagging at you, keeps tugging at your heartstrings is valid and real. And it's only for you to do. That calling that's in you was not a conference call. It was a private call. It was a private interaction between you and your creator, however that works. It wasn't a conference call. So comparing yourself to other people doesn't work because they're not you. Yours is uniquely and perfectly yours. Might have some of the same themes, might look a little bit. That's why when people copy others, it doesn't, it's a nice compliment and it works on some levels, but it doesn't answer the heart. And it's that heart that matters. So the second way to beat approval addiction is to be open and receptive to counsel and then to think and speak and act in alignment in your truth, capital T truth, right? Your alignment. So when you're screaming and yelling and you're in your have giving everybody outside of you control over your well-being, that's not truth and that's not alignment. That's called projection of anger and fear. I'm scared to death. I'm a scared little child and I'm screaming and yelling and acting up and attacking other people because I don't know how to be me. That's what that is. So we want to be open and receptive to counsel, which means other people who have gone before us who know the way, not just anybody, but who's gone before you that knows the way. And then, then watch your thoughts, watch what you say, watch how you act. Be discerning, but we want to be open and receptive. Like I have people in my life that I listen very carefully to what they say and what they're talking about. And then I give myself the permission because they've proven to be safe to be vulnerable with them and say, well, this is what I'm really thinking, or this is what my heart's really saying. And then we have a dialogue about it. Now, these people in my life don't tell me if I'm right or wrong, and I'm not seeking their approval. What I'm doing is connecting with another of like mind in the exchange, the reciprocity of the listening and the sharing enlivens and supports both people. It's an exchange. It's um, kindness. It's vulnerability. That's where the power is. So sometimes we have to check and make sure somebody's safe, right? And, And have history before we go really deep. But we can talk about some other things and we can allow that exchange to happen and we can be open and receptive. I notice that when people in my trusted circle, my mentors say something to me that's a little bit sting, it stings a little like, oh, I don't know if I want to hear that. I know and I know that when that little feeling, that little happens, or sometimes it's really big and I stamp my princess, but no, that can't be it. I know, I know over time, here's what happens. That level of my resistance shows where my ego that's not my amigo is blocking this flame from rising higher. I know that now. 
Now, that's not any comment everyone says. I'm saying it's when I'm having those safe conversations with somebody that I trust and that I know and that there's that exchange, that reciprocity, that when it hits really hard, I have I look at it deeper. And so that's part of my work because I'm very intuitive and I can help people see into those, those blind spots, those parts of them that are probably running under the radar that are, that are in their way, but they don't even know it's in their way, but I can see it's in their way. So part of my genius is to ask really great questions so that that person can grab their own flashlight and shine it in that dark spot to be able to see it for themselves. I might open the door, you know, and if somebody's really struggling and they, and I'll say, do you really want to hear what I'm seeing? And if they say yes, then I say it to them in a kind, compassionate, loving manner. Because I have some people who I know who have a lot of intuition like me and there can be very mean and very rude. It's the truth. That's the way it is. Well, there's such a thing as human compassion. There is such a thing as honor and respect and reverence. And every person in my presence, I hold reverence for because they chose me to share it with. And there's no higher honor. So reverence, that's where we're open and receptive to counsel. It matters. The third way to beat approval addiction is to give yourself permission to step out of situations so that you can follow your own guidance, your intuitions, like your own inner GPS system. So you have to give yourself permission to step out of the craziness or step out of the drama or step out of the job that's not serving you or step out of the the way you're doing a certain relationship. It doesn't mean you have to go get a divorce or go get rid of all your friends. It might mean that, but it probably doesn't. What it probably means is get out of your own way here. Get out of your own obsession with being approved by everybody because Every time you sacrifice a piece of you for their approval, you are making you their slave. You are the one enslaving yourself to that other person. They're not doing it. You are. So with all this talk a lot about, you know, slavery is good or slavery is bad or who cares about slavery. I hear it all over the place, right? All the conversation. Well, people make themselves slaves to others voluntarily all the time by doing whatever they're doing, discounting their own inner honesty, their own inner integrity to get approval. The moment you do that, the moment you turn over your sense of well-being or your knowingness of what's right for you for another person's approval, the moment you do that, you are now enslaved by that person. And it's not caused by that person's, it's caused by you. And that's where it stings. Because most of us create our own inner slavery that gets shown out into the world. And then we do lateral violence, which means attacking people of our own kind. Why? Because we first enslaved ourselves to a belief, to an understanding, to the approval of the masses or the approval of a select few rather than our own inner approval. So you see how that trance, that cultural trance of fearing other people's opinions and sacrificing our own inner connection yields what looks like somebody else's fault, but it's really 
starts with us, our own inner dialogue, our own inner landscape. And a lot of it's when we start out on this road is unconscious. We don't realize that's what's happening until we wake up enough to start saying, hold on a minute here. Let me look what's in this dark room. I'm running into furniture all over the place. Hold on. And then we begin to turn on the light. That's when I tell people it's a really good idea to have one or two or multiple people in your corner professionally and personally to help guide you and turn on the light. I believe the more of us that turn on our light, the better the world will be. Because this whole narcissistic getting approval from everybody is, is it's, it's, it's just not healthy. It's unresourceful and it's unenlightened. And then there's the people who say they're enlightened when really they're still looking for approval. So they're just, they just twisted the jar. They, they didn't really get out of the jar. So the three ways are to remind yourself that you don't need approval from others and follow your own inner guidance. That takes a lot of guts. And then we have to be willing to say, and part of that is saying no, right? Um, we have to be open and receptive to counsel and allow someone to walk our road with us. You cannot figure it out by yourself. You cannot do it alone. The message we've had that we have to do it all alone is a lie. And sometimes facing the cultural lies that we have believed is where our greatest work is. Because we wake up one day and go, oh my God, I've believed that lie for 50 years. I believed it for 20 years. I believed it for 50, you know, 100 years. I believed it for a year. Getting honest, it's hard sometimes. Because then the next thing our ego says is, oh, you, you wasted all that time. You're not good enough or whatever. And tries to stop us. It takes a lot of guts and a lot of energy and a lot of courage to stand with, the, in, with that inner light shining and face all the stuff that you've adopted. And most of it is internal. That's why you need people around you. That's how come I teach my people to have people around them. And that's why I'm available all the time. Like my people email me or text me or call me whenever that need is there, whenever they're having an epiphany or whenever they're struggling or whatever it is, they need to know, even if they never call me, that I have their back and that I'm right there with them. I'm walking down the road with you. I am not over here on the other side of the table with a white lab coat on pretending like I know more than you. I've been down the road. I have some more experience and more knowledge and great intuition. That's true. But I'm no different. We're in this together. And I'm going to hold your hand walking up that waterfall until you can hold somebody else's hand and come up the waterfall. Just like Dun River Falls in Jamaica. We hold each other's hand as we go up the waterfall. But that doesn't mean that um, somebody outside of you knows better for you. That's why a lot of the medical things are issues, right? Because people make people outside of themselves little mini gods and they're not. You know more about you than anyone else. So it takes being open and receptive to that counsel. I listen to everything everyone says and I try it on like clothes. Try it on. How's it fit? And then we want to give ourselves permission to step out of crazy situations or to step out of things that don't feel right. So the story and the way to do this, to put all of these together, is to pretend like you're clothes shopping for just a minute with me. And we go and we, we choose whatever store. Now we're doing it in person. We're not doing it online, right? And so we have our friend with us 
and we're going clothes shopping and we, we pick whatever store it is, you know, for whatever reason. And we go in that store and uh, yourself and your friend are helping pick out all different kinds of clothes. Now, some of the clothes your friend picks out, you look at and go, oh my God, I would never wear that. Why did they even think that? Or maybe the salesperson helps out with something and you're secretly thinking, this is crazy. I wouldn't wear that pattern. I don't like that color. That won't look good on me. And you're picking out things that are in your comfort zone. So because you're a good friend and you don't want to hurt your friend's feelings and you don't want to be rude to the salesperson, you you decide you're going to try on all the clothes that are chosen for you. The stuff you did, the stuff your friend did, and the stuff the salesperson did. And you're in there trying them on. And you choose one of your things first because that's familiar. And you're like, oh, it's okay. And then you choose something that your friend picked out that you thought, oh, this is going to look terrible. And much to your surprise, you try it on and it's beautiful and it feels really good. And you step out in the mirror and you're going, oh my God, I never would have picked this. Look how good this looks. And had you not trusted your friend or at least humored them, you wouldn't even be able to see that. And then you try on some other things and they don't go at all or something that you thought was wonderful didn't fit at all or felt funny or had itchy fabric, whatever. So you never know until you try it on. And then when you try on something in the store and it's fabulous and wonderful, or have you ever tried on something in a store and you're like, well, it's okay, it'll work. And then you take it home and you never take the tags off and you never actually wear it because it didn't totally fit, but it was close enough. And then there's those things that you bring home that you wear over and over and over again. And you're like, I love this. And I never would have thought I was going to love this. Yeah, there's, it's all over. That's why we want to be open and receptive to counsel. We never know. I took one of my good friends with me um, clothes shopping recently because uh, I had to go run a retreat. And I, I always like to have something that feels really one, yummy to do the retreat in. And, and I went and did that with my friend who is, who is in the fashion design industry business. I am not. This person is. So I'm like, well, this should be fun. And we went to all these different stores. She picked out the coolest stuff for me ever. I, I wouldn't have picked any of it. and. And some of the pants that she picked out for me, I would have picked out a bigger size because I um, didn't have a good rep- a good idea of what size I really am. So she goes, no, this is the size you are. I'm like, how would I know that? And I put on the, the size she gave me, the same pants, and they looked better. I would have gone to the other ones. Yeah. So sometimes it's really valuable to have a person alongside of you in the same experience. Because I told her, this is what I'm doing. This is where I'll be. This is that. Gave her like the little lowdown. I said, let's go look. And we did. And it was magical. And I learned so much. And I got to have an, an experience clothes shopping I don't usually get because I'm petite and it's hard to buy things for short people. So, and she's tall. So she got to practice that, that translation and I got to experience a different view. So that's what I mean by being open and receptive to counsel, trying on things making yourself aware that just because you think it's true doesn't make it so. Helping yourself see that seeking the approval of everyone outside of you to the exclusion of your own inner integrity is unenlightened and leads to all kinds of mental health problems and issues. We are taught in this society to abandon our own integrity and to be angry 
and divisive with anything that pricks the scab of our own trauma, actually, is how it works. But no, the other the other people don't get to run the show, but you have to live in your integrity. You can't act out in the independent teenage area. That means growing into interdependence. All those people you're pushing away, they might have served a purpose in your life. All the people you're afraid to go near or talk to, they serve a purpose. It might be to teach you distance and boundaries. But we as a people really need to come out of this approval addiction gig and move into healthy, integrated interdependence. And I invite you to challenge yourself each day to really coming forward in your own level of interdependence, growing every day toward that. Anything short of interdependence and emotional and spiritual and mental and physical integrity, that alignment of integrity, anything short of that, gives somebody else power that they, you don't need to turn it over because you're the one creating the slavery, not them. When you focus on your fingers pointing at them, you are creating the slavery, not the other person. So with that being said, feel free to contact me if there's ever any questions or you would like to talk about it further. You can get my email is in the show notes, my website's in the show notes, and I'm all over social media. So feel free to watch all my videos, do whatever you want to in order to keep growing, in order to be that person that lives your authentic, true vision without being a slave. Until the next episode of Someone Gets Me, remember that you're a rock star. You're here on purpose with a purpose, many purposes, right? And you, my friend, are beautiful, you are lovable, and you are very capable. So take the journey within. It's really worth it. Until the next episode, be well. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.